All right, here we are, another episode of Keo Conversations. I am your host, Mark Champagne, and it is my job to unpack these stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. If you are enjoying the conversations, give us a little love wherever you're listening, the stars, reviews, whatever works for you, but it does really help the show and help bring on these guests. Lastly, these conversations, the podcast, it's all really brought to you by Keo, which is our daily mental fitness app. All of these incredible guests end up in app to help guide you through your daily mental fitness. So take it for a spin. It's in the Apple App Store, K-Y-O. All right. Thank you and have the best day yet. So today we're chatting with Mitch, who is the development director at the Movember Foundation. He is uh, very passionate about raising awareness and funds for men's mental health and is actually using one of his own mental fitness practices, swimming, um, to help do so this year. Just to put a bit of perspective on that activity, when, when he first moved to Vancouver, he could barely pump out 12 laps in a pool. So his goal of swimming 8K in the Pacific Ocean this year to raise funds and awareness uh, for the cause is uh, is definitely a goal. So, you know, let's uh, provide some love and support for Mitch um, because this is really coming from a a, uh, a place that's, that's close to home for him. He, he never had the opportunity to meet his grandfather um, who died by suicide when he was only a few months old. And, and to this day, he still wonders what he might have missed out on what he could have learned from him and, and what memories he could have could have been made with his grandfather had the story turned out in a, in a different way. And unfortunately, this story is not uncommon with the rates of suicide and mental health uh, related issues that are um, very present in, in our community and society today. So um, I think this is a really important conversation to have. It's something I, I hope that you will all share and have your own discussions with yourself as well as, as loved ones. Because I think if we, if we stick together and we really work on this as a community and a, as a collective, we, we, do, we do have the chance to change these numbers around. So thank you for listening and thank you for being a part of a very important conversation. All right, Mitch. So who are you? Who am I? Great question. Um, good morning, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good morning. Um, who am I? I am, uh, you know, just a mustache farmer trying to make his way in the world. Um, I work for Movember uh, full time and really passionate about my job and men's health and, and mental health specifically. Um, oddly enough, I started my career in finance, but you know, maybe we'll get that later. But outside of that, just trying to trying to be my best self and um, push myself to learn and, and grow every day. Love it, love it. And I have to touch on one one line I pulled uh, from your LinkedIn description because this probably ties <laughs> sure. into who you are. It's, a certified linchpin who knows how to make a ruckus. I love that yeah. line. So we're, you know, let's talk about that a little bit. Where's that coming from? Sure. So um, I'm a big fan of Seth Godin. Um, great intellectual, brilliant man. New book out yesterday. Um, See that? Oh, I didn't. I didn't know that. I should have to. I'll yeah. This, this is marketing. 
Okay. That's awesome. Awesome. You've already read it. Look at you. Um, I just started, you know, I'm just started, but he's making the, um, he's making the podcast circuit, I think with, with this book, but yes. Yeah. yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. So anyways, I did, he has a course called the Alta MBA, um, which is, oh, yeah. it was really cool. So I did that about almost a year ago. Um, and he has a few, you know, sayings and mantras that he kind of has in that. And part of it is, um, make a ruckus, which is, you know, don't be afraid to, to stir things up and be honest and get your point across and uh, challenge kind of the status quo kind of thing. So um, I kind of like that and kind of threw that in my LinkedIn description just as a personal reminder to keep on doing that. I love that. It's um, yeah, we could all, we can all take a lesson from that one for sure. So Mitch, how, why don't we back up a little bit and, and talk a bit about your, your journey? Cause you, you mentioned it, you started in, in the finance world. Um, and then, well, it seems like these, these two worlds kind of came together if I'm making the right assumption, but then you moved over to doctors without borders mm-hmm. at one point in a financial role. Um, like what, when did things start shifting into, you know, health and i guess helping others and and whatnot yeah was there was there a moment i mean as as most good stories do uh it all happened completely by accident uh yeah. um yeah i was i was working at um kpmg for a few years starting my career um you know they were doing november i grew a mustache i looked terrible i raised a hundred bucks <laughs> The second year I did it again, grew handlebars, raised a thousand dollars. And the third year they asked me to like lead the company team. And, uh, I agreed and got, um, 41 guys on board and we raised 17 grand and, uh, had a lot of fun. And I was like, Oh, this is a really great cause. A lot of fun. I loved how, you know, kind of uses growing mustaches as a Trojan horse, get guys talking about really important health issues. So, um, kind of fell in love with the cause then sent November headquarters a note saying, Hey, if job ever opens up, let me know. Kind of forgot about it. Um, and then, yeah, I, I realized that along the way, you know, finance wasn't for me. Um, I was looking for something a bit more meaningful. I was starting to read some, some books that were really, you know, opening my worldview at the time. Uh, notably was the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss and, uh, yes, the, purple, yeah. the purple cow by Seth, Seth Godin. Yeah. So I read those books and I kind of started thinking like, why am I doing this? this do I actually want to be an account? And you know what? Some people it's for them, but I kind of decided it really wasn't for me. Uh, I was looking for something a bit more meaningful and, um, out of nowhere, Dosh without borders. Somebody told me about it, that they need finance people in the field. And I was 25, you know, I had no big commitments and, uh, I was considering going and then I, I forget what it was. It was like a quote from one of the books being like, I think it was in the, the four hour work week. It kind of talked about how fear setting and how to just like identify your fear. I was kind of scared of going, but the reality was I could get my child back if I wanted it. And this was an opportunity. So yeah. let's just go and take it. And so, yeah, I, I went to work for Doctors Without Borders for about a year uh, in Uzbekistan, of all places. Uh, interesting. Uh, how was that? Yeah, uh, it was interesting. I think, you know, I think that's a, a place in most people's world maps that is kind of just a black hole. We don't, we're not really sure, like, what countries are where. Um, but uh, it was actually an amazing experience. One of the best decisions I've ever done. Met amazing people from all over the world, all different walks of life. 
um, because it's an international organization and really grew incredibly um, as a professional and as on a personal level um, in that year away. Um, but uh, yeah, about a week before I was due to come back, Movember reached out randomly um, and said, hey, a job opened up. Are you interested? And um, I jumped in. Mm-hmm. That's great. It's... Well, and here we are. This is this will be out next week, and we'll, we'll still be in in November. Like, just talk to me a little bit about the motion, or you know how how are you feeling. It's it's been it's been a bit now. You've been with with the organization. You've you've seen things grow. Um, a lot of people listening, myself included, up until to, to be honest, up until probably end of last year, really associated November with. Uh, men's prostate cancer, right? And it's been mm-hmm. starting to expand and, and shift into other areas and specifically right now into men's mental health. So I, could you talk about a little bit about that? Like where where that came from and, and what's the link? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'll share really quick how November started because it's probably one of the coolest parts of November. Because um, okay. it started as, as a complete joke. A couple friends sitting at a bar in 2003 in Melbourne, Australia. Um, and their conversation turned to a very intellectual topic of 70s fashion, of all things. And uh, <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, things, things go out of fashion. They normally come back in the fashion at some point. What has it come back? The mustache. And they decided to bring back the mustache and get 30 of their friends to do it as a complete joke, just for fun. Came up with some rules like, got to start the month clean shaven and you've got to grow a mustache, that kind of thing. Um, but that's all it was. November actually wasn't a charitable effort at all. Um, it was just a joke between friends, but what they realized is the mustache caused that conversation reaction from like strangers being like, what are you doing? Are you growing a mustache? You forget to watch your face. Girlfriends are mad. Wives are upset. And so they said we should add a cause. And, um, they're actually inspired by women's health. Everything, the pink ribbon had done for breast cancer. So there was nothing for men. And when they did the research, they saw that prostate cancer was basically the male equivalent. Same amount of guys die and get diagnosed, but there's no, you know, there's nothing really being done. And since there was no funds in the space, there's no researchers dedicating their careers to prostate cancer research. So they said, you know, this is crazy. Let's marry the mustache of prostate cancer. Um, so it wasn't until actually the second year that they actually started raising funds. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of how it started out. And obviously it kind of blew up and went viral. Uh in 2007, it came to the U.S. and Canada and the U.K. And now we're in 30 countries um, or 20 countries, sorry. And from those original 30 guys, um, it's grown to a movement over 5 million people. So pretty impressive. Um, yeah, no kidding. It must be one of the largest. We are absolutely. Um, right? Yeah, we're the largest men's health yeah. charity in the world. Um, wow. For sure. Congratulations. Uh, thanks. Uh, it wasn't on me at all, so I can't take yeah, credit. No, but you, this whole team, everyone listening, I mean, it's that's it, it's great. It really is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's been an, an amazing story. And so to get back to your question, um, yeah, it started out as a prostate cancer charity. But as we grew in size and we're raising significant funds, what we realized was, okay, we're actually funding – you know, the, the top research in prostate cancer and we have, you know, funds left over, we should, you know, maybe consider tackling some of the other bigger issues uh, impacting men as well. And so prostate cancer is the most common cancer for, for men, period, um, especially once you get into your later years. But testicular cancer is the most common cancer for younger men. Um, but most guys actually don't know that. Women are really good at self-checking for breast lumps and breast cancer, but um, men 
we do not check our testicles. So yeah, we're, yeah, there's a little awareness around that. So I have 70% of guys don't even know that it's a risk. So, um, we're trying to increase, um, awareness of that. And then mental health is the other big one. Um, I can speak to, you know, the statistics in Canada, but it's pretty shocking. Um, you know, like when you ask people, what is the leading cause, you know, health related cause of death for men, 15 to 44, most people would say cancer, heart disease, or um, car accidents, let's say, but it's, it's not, it's actually suicide, which is shocking. shocking. Yeah. And, and of all the suicides in Canada this year, three quarters of them are by men. And so, you know, we kind of saw that issue in those stats and said, you know, what, Movember, we need to, take action for the men in our lives. If not us, then, then who else is going to do it? So that's kind of how we got involved in the, in the mental health space. Well, and there's gotta be a link. Well, there is a link. I think even, even like with any of these, any of these diseases that like it all affects your mental health in some capacity, right? Like I know you're, you're, you guys are being very pointed on, on each kind of individually and raising awareness, um, for each of them, but I mean, they're all highly linked as well, right? Any, any diagnosis of, of cancer, uh, you need to process, process that emotion, right? Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's exactly the thing. You can cure somebody of cancer, but it doesn't mean that they're not going to have, you know, mental struggles that go along with it. I mean, especially, especially with prostate cancer, to be honest, because you go through that, um, if you remove the prostate, sometimes there are side effects like incontinence, you might have to wear a diaper, uh, erectile dysfunction. Sure. You can't have an erection. Like these are serious impacts to your life yeah. and like potentially your relationships, your marriage, whatever it may be that has a huge mental health side to it. So, you know, we're trying to support the whole man, both physical and mental for sure. So what have you seen Mitch over the last kind of couple of years, uh, when focusing on, on this topic, like, are you seeing, I, I guess my question is, what type of changes are you seeing in, in perspective and just getting this, this conversation started? Cause I mean, before we started recording we were chatting a little bit about men's groups and things like that. And I think I made the comment that like, if it wasn't through Keo at this point, now, now I feel like I'm in it and, you know, having conversations with yourself and stuff, but I had, had no idea that this stuff was going on and that this was an issue. Right. So thank God, uh, you know, there's groups like yourselves uh, out there, trying to get this out because it, it really is a silent a silent killer in a sense right but i'm curious have you seen like what are you what themes or trends are you seeing for the evolution of of having these conversations yeah i think you know it's it's hard to measure like tangibly to be honest but um yeah, anecdotally uh i think we're certainly making progress um you know you think 10 years ago guys talking about their mental health or, or opening up about prostate cancer is just, it was something that you did on your own. You, you kind of did it in your, you go through that stuff by yourself. Um, but now we're seeing yeah. guys come forward and share their prostate cancer journey, seeing guys share on emails to all of their friends and networks like, Hey, I had prostate cancer this is what I'm going through. And actually in the past year or two, I've started to get emails about mental health like that guys saying like, like bankers on Bay street, sending out to all their networks saying, Hey, um, if you're going through a tough time, I want you to know I'm here for you. It's really important that we talk about this kind of stuff. And, you know, yeah. even five years ago, it would, 
be hard to believe that someone yeah, would be doing no that. Way. So I think I think we are making progress. I think it is slowly but surely like persistence. We're we're getting there. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I, I just uh, kind of an example of that and someone we had on the podcast not too long ago, um, Chip Conley from, uh, he, he ran a hotel chain called uh, Joie de Vivre and, and, and now um, advises over at Airbnb. I think he's in his, in his sixties, but literally just, he was on uh, Dan Doty's Everyman podcast. This where he, and he just in conversation as, as, as he was speaking, you just mentioned, yeah, I was diagnosed with with prostate cancer, so I'm, I'm working through that. But like, it was I, I was kind of taken aback that, to your point, no one would have talked about that, <laughs> you know, five five plus years ago. And and it's yeah, this I'm dealing with this, and he talked about you know he's working through the emotions and and whatnot. But the fact that people are are like you said, you're getting emails to the full networks. This is being broadcast, thousands of people. <laughs> It's really encouraging, right? It's um, there's hope to, to kind of change the narrative around around the space. Yeah, no, I think it is, and I think it's an amazing first step, and certainly grateful for it. I think you know the next step is it's great that everyone's talking, especially about mental health. Um, but as you know, we know it's it's one thing to be able to reach reach out, put up your hand, say I need help. It's another thing to actually have the support and services there mm-hmm. for somebody to actually help them. And right now I think that's where, you know, yeah. at least in Canada where we're, we're falling short. And so that's kind of what Movember's for trying to fund that stuff and create these services. That's why like, you know, podcasts like this, that's opening the conversation even more and sharing that. It's really helpful as well. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. I mean, the whole, the whole ecosystem needs to be working together to really make, you know, a true dent in, in the subject. Um, I'll shift a little bit, Mitch, into you personally. Um, as you know, you know a little bit about Kio and, and what we're all about. And we talk a lot about mental fitness. Um, again, to, you know, to try to help with the stigma that surrounds mental health and, you know, mm-hmm. just to be able to have the conversation. Is mental fitness, in, in, in my opinion, um, and again, this is just, this is personal and the way we speak about it, but it, that's like the main umbrella. And then under that, you have mental health or you have mental like performance or mental resilience, like all of those things kind of fall under the, the big umbrella. Um, but when I say that word to you, you know, what, what does it mean to you? Just kind of intuitive thought. Yeah, I think it's, it's you know, similar to our physical health and you take care of it. Same thing with your mental health and mental fitness to me is just like, Sometimes it's boring self-care a little bit, to be yeah. honest. But like get, getting enough sleep, like drinking enough water. If you have a stressful day, like force yourself to go for a walk, even if you have a lot of stuff going on. Um, finding that physical activity, that one thing that you can do to make yourself feel good. For me, it's it's swimming. I've gotten really into swimming lately. And I do that and I just kind of like zone out. Some people it's yoga. Some people it's running. Some people it's weightlifting. But you know, find that thing. Um, but doing proactively and deliberately taking actions um, that make you feel good, basically. Yeah, I think you nailed it. And it's because because we could start quoting science and stats and all that stuff. At the end of the day, it's like, it's what what actually makes you feel good, right? I mean, if, if you, everyone can kind of sit down and think, 
even five things. Like what are five things that I know 100% of the time if I go and do this or eat like this or read this book, you know, that that's going to put me in a kind of a good frame of mind, right? But step one is identifying those things. So, you know, just just to stay on that vein, I'm curious, like, when in your when in your life did you start prioritizing, or maybe you've done this from the since you're you're a kid, but when did you start prioritizing your mental fitness? Yeah, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, and that's and that's the thing. It wasn't until like you know in the past few years, and yeah, you know, working at Moving Bray, I have the luxury of you know being kind of immersed in this space and learning a bit more of it. And um, yeah, I'd say it's only in the past few years that I've really started to realize, okay, like. I have my physical health. I do things for that. I have my mental health and I should be doing stuff for that too. Um, and once that, once you finally realize that and it clicks, like it can go a long way. But I think actually that's, a, that's actually a big problem is that most people don't realize that they have mental health and there's things that you can do to take care of it. Yeah. And it, yeah, we just need to change that. <laughs> well, it's interesting because even, even in, in some cases when uh, I'm interviewing guests uh, before we start recording, I've, I've had this happen a few times where, where they'll say, uh, happy to support, you know, the podcast and have this conversation. I don't know. I don't think I have really anything to add in terms of mental fitness. Like I don't do anything. And I'm always, I kind of just have a, like a silent chuckle that a hundred percent you're doing things. We just, we've got to pull it out. Right. And to your mm-hmm. point, yeah. I think everyone, everyone has an idea of, of what it is, or they might be doing smaller things, and it, but it's just a matter of, I think kind of stepping back and seeing, okay, well, what works for me, right? Because, like, we, I, I don't, I don't think we'll make any progress if said, you know what, you need, you absolutely need to meditate an hour each day. Well, now you're talking about where am I going to find an hour in my in my routine versus like what are you already doing, right? Where you can layer on some could be reflection time, could be meditation, could be a swim, like whatever it is. Right. But it has to, mm-hmm. it has to resonate and, and, and work for you. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, just, just to show people you, you are human, Mitch, cause you're going through a, a busy time. Obviously we're, we're in the thick of all the promotion and, and uh, you know, all the initiatives to raise awareness. Like what are your non-negotiables right now when you're, I'd imagine that, probably one of the busiest times of the year for you like what has to stay in that routine and let's talk about the routine as well but what's what's a non-negotiable for you <laughs> yeah yeah i'm in an interesting space because i've also just moved to a new city um from toronto to vancouver yeah um so my social life is you know not as much as it used to be and that's you know it's something i use to you know balance out my mental health sometimes so it's been interesting it's been an interesting transition for sure yeah um, well let's talk about that for sure think, this is real <laughs> yeah yeah i mean so a good example i'll just keep rolling with that is that when i moved here i'm lucky enough that one of my best friends is here besides that sure uh didn't have much uh in the ways of social life so and i felt this i've gone through this before when i moved to Uzbekistan, um which was also a challenge um, on the social side of things. And it's really important. It's actually yeah. really important, you know, for, for well-being and feeling good. So, um, I decided to fill that void, I guess, with uh, physical activity, mm. decided to, you know, kind of take on uh, swimming. I was, a, I was a lifeguard growing up, you know, never a big swimmer. Um, but went to the pool, did 12 laps, completely gassed the first time. 
Um, but it was nice. It was outdoors right by the ocean. So it was great. Yeah. Uh, but I just kept on going back and it was kind of the thing I did or like in the evenings after a stressful day, you know, I just bring a book, go down by the ocean, read my book and have a Diet Coke, believe it or not. That's that my thing. This is uh, the thing. I love it. it. <laughs> yeah. I like a Diet Coke. But it was like, I knew that I was going to really enjoy that Diet Coke. Yeah. Watch the sunset and read, read a book. And yeah. I didn't have like friends to hang with. So I did these, I found these things that I knew I would enjoy that would make me feel good. Um, sure enough, um, I kept on doing the swim. And so now I've taken that indoors because that's cold. Um, and along the way, I've really, I'm up to six kilometers in the pool oh which man. Is the long. Wow. yeah yeah right. so actually so actually this this weekend i've turned it into a november fundraiser I'm swimming eight kilometers in the ocean uh in support of november trying to raise five grand so oh awesome so that that's yeah, like, that's straight in your campaign link right yeah yeah, okay. yeah exactly exactly so like for me it was kind of like something i used just to spare the time and then turned it into a goal that i could kind of work towards and feel good about. So, so when you're in the water, like, are you, is it, is it purely a physical thing or is there something about being underwater that like things, things quiet, right? Like, are you, cause I use, I use running for this, like either I'm full out trying to solve a problem running or I'm just trying to release like whatever and just think about nothing. Like what's, what's your, what, what's, what's going on in your head when you're in the water? Yeah, um, it's funny because a friend asked me this recently. She's like, "Isn't that boring?" And I mean, it, I guess in ways it is because like there's not a lot going on. I'm not listening to music or anything, but yeah. I do find it like really soothing. And I can have a super busy day and lots to think about. But when I'm in the water, like on lap fifty, um, I'm kind of zoned out. And I and I do end up thinking about like good stuff and think about good ideas. Oddly enough, so I I'm, yeah. I think it's a great practice, at least for me. Maybe not for everybody else, um, but for me, it works. Well, that and, and that's the key, right? It's it's what works for you. So how how has all like how have your practices evolved over the years? Um, yeah, so I think I think it depends. Like so over the years, I didn't know I was doing it deliberately, perhaps, but. It, when I reflect yeah. back, I definitely was. But I think, like, you know, when I moved to Uzbekistan, didn't know anybody. They didn't speak the language. I couldn't even communicate with people if I wanted to. So I just, like, pushed myself into I read a lot. I worked out every day. And I played guitar every day. <laughs> and that was my thing. Um, you know, recently, I would say in the past few years, journaling's been big. Um, big fan of, you know, gratitude journals sure. any any day that i'm you know feeling down you know writing three things you're grateful for three things you're excited about and three things you're proud of i feel like after i do that i'm normally in a good good space um so do you do it in a good perspective you do that in the morning or is there yeah i go in the morning kind of go tactical they're just to provide um you know just <clears> um thought starters for people listening so sorry you, you yeah yeah typically like i'm a morning person i get up early i'm one of those yeah. people the same thing like every day um i have coffee uh yeah. i'll do that um i was reading uh the daily stoic so read like oh it's so good isn't it a page a page out of that yeah, yeah it's right. good book. It. So that- i'm upset now because it's i'm <laughs> doing it but yeah yeah 
It's the one drawback. It's funny, yeah. Ryan Holiday that in that book has come up, I think, four times now in this podcast. It, it's wild. It's yeah. uh, it's good though, right? Because they're just little quick hits of, of exactly. It's so easy to fit into like a busy schedule. It's like literally half a page. Anybody can fit half a page. So it's just like. No, I was going to say, just leave it on like your kitchen table. Grab it. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Mine's literally there. Um, I'm always amazed though, with stuff like that. And, and we were chatting a little bit about journaling before we, we hit record and it's the same thing. It's like all these stoic principles and these thoughts that a lot of them were writing these things down and, you know, meditations from Marcus Aurelius and stuff like that. Like they're all so relevant right now. Right. And they're like <laughs> thousands of years old. Um, it just it just blows my mind that again just just taking a bit of time and like you said this is like one little take it not even a minute to read these things can just completely shift your 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 mind or your your emotion in, in that in that exact spot right cuz you can't be pissed mm-hmm. off and and angry and be grateful at the same time right it's mm-hmm. it's almost impossible exactly. so yeah. So yeah. So you're a morning yeah. person. What does that mean? What time? Um, so am I. I'm always interested in finding um, more people in our uh, weird world of early rising. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess it depends. Right now, my the schedule is a little hectic than yeah. usual, but typically I aim for like at least uh, six a.m. start for sure. earlier. Yeah. And do a little bit of journaling. You've got the coffee going. Is there a coffee routine? <laughs> um, yeah, coffee. Coffee happens right away. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. But are you, are you like a manual process guy? Some, oh, some uh, yeah. That's like their whole, that's like their mental fitness. I, I, the, the co-founder of, of Keel, my brother-in-law, Sine, like that, he does a pour over every morning and that's okay. his, his, no, his debrief. I'm not a pour over. I use an AeroPress. And oh yeah, but trick. that's pretty manual business. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so efficient, easy to clean. Highly, highly recommend AeroPress. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So the coffee's flowing. You do a bit of journaling. And um, is there anything else that, that kickstarts your day before you jump into the, the grind? Uh, um, typically, I was I would like work out before I go to work um, okay. as well. That's kind of gone to the wayside recently. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. That's kind of how I like to start my day. Awesome. Let's, do a, let's do a podcast normally as well. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, Perfect. Let's get your three reflective questions, if you don't mind. So just to provide a bit of context, these these live in the app. And again, they're designed to help people, I think, just keep their their prompts fresh and provide a different perspective. I mean, you, you'd understand this since you're, you're doing a mm-hmm. lot of gratitude journaling, right? Like sometimes, especially I find with, you know, if, if you're just, if you're asking, you know, what am I grateful for over and over again, like some of the same things show up all the time, right? Like my health, my family, my relationship, my job, like, and it it gets tough to kind of really dive in a little bit deeper. So that's why, you know, everything we're trying to do is centered around these, these questions to just, you know, keep the theme going and and, and keep sparking new interests. So I'd love to know what, uh, what yours are. Yeah. So I'd say like one that I was going to give was those three that I listed grateful, excited for, proud of, I think, the proud of one is underrated a little bit. Um, I think sometimes it's so easy to look forward how far we have to go, but we don't always look back and see how far we've come. And, yeah. um, you know, taking a moment to be you know proud of yourself for stuff that you've achieved, whatever that may be, whether it's, you know, 
business goal or work goal or whatever it may be. Um, yeah. I like that one. Um, one that I've used a few times in life, um, give me, it's, it's a good one to, to ponder sometimes is, I don't know if it's necessarily a question, but it's a scenario to think on. Sure. Is that if you were to um, walk into a room and a 12 year old version of yourself was there, what would they say? And basically, I'm saying, like, would they be excited? Would they be proud? Would they be disappointed? What advice would they say to you? Um, and it's kind of more of a reflective thought um, to ask yourself, are you living your true self, basically? Um, I think as 12 year olds, we have all these amazing dreams and desires, and the world's our oyster, um, but sometimes we forget about those along the way. And I don't know. I just find it a good litmus test to, to kind of prod myself if I'm doing the things that I should I really be doing. Like that. Mm-hmm. It just, I think it just provides perspective, right? And mm-hmm. I'm really glad you you left this with that because at least what I'm finding now, just like we're so, you know, when we're young, we're just so there's a, there's a certain level of. Um, exploration, curiosity, like no care in the world, all of this stuff. Right. And then as we keep going, it's, it's like all that, I shouldn't say all of it, but it just keeps being kind of pushed to the ground or, or taken. And then, then what I'm noticing with this journey is usually a wall happens or some, or someone hits a wall and it's like, we re- we resort back or we're always trying to get back to that kind of initial non-judgment mode and again that curiosity and stuff so a question like that is great to just hold on a second kind of come out of the autopilot and you know what what's actually going on here right love it yeah um and yeah i guess the last one would be what things are you putting off unnecessarily due to timing or fear Oh, that's good. Where, where, where does that come from? I like that. Yeah. Um, so I'd say that one comes probably from Tim Ferriss and his ideas on like fear setting, you know, kind of saying we'll often put off, off stuff. Like for example, this eight mile swim that I'm doing, I didn't want to do it, but the reality is it was just, you know, it's just things going on my head, you know, um, yeah, there's yeah, narrative boundaries there. are, narratives and boundaries you're putting out for yourself that aren't don't actually exist and challenge yourself to yeah. just do it. Yeah. It's it's so often the case, right? And we we don't even we don't even realize until 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 it's all, until you get a question like that, right? I don't know if you know, but like so Tim Ferriss actually, um, whether he knows or not, but he he is actually one of the main reasons this this app exists. Like that's okay. that's who I was listening to mm-hmm. um, before launching this, and it was again all those guests uh, leaving really powerful questions throughout the interview. Yes, and there's got to be a better way to capture these thoughts and put them in a put them in a tool that helps guide you through, you know, where you are at right now or what t- what. T- what question do you need today? For example, that's, that'll be relatable. So mm-hmm. he's, uh, he's on the bucket list to, to have on the show. There's a few of them, but, uh, still working, uh, working our way over there. But, Amazing. Well, if you ever get them, make sure you say hi for me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, uh, one day for sure. Uh, last question for you, Mitch, sure. uh, you know, as we, as we sit here today and, you know, everything's going on and there's, there's great things, there's bad things, there's, you name it. I mean, what, at the end of the day, what makes you smile? 
Um, makes me smile. Uh, I think um, I'm fortunate to have a job that I'm incredibly passionate for. And we have some amazing supporters that all have great stories. And you know, to be honest, coming from you know, a finance background, I'm incredibly grateful for the perspective. And I have this yeah. great, it's, it's more than a job, to be honest. It's like part of my life, I would say. So great, really grateful for that. And, um, but besides that, I'd say I've got two sisters, uh, two niece, uh, two nephews and niece, amazing parents, um, and a great group of friends. So at the end of the day, I think it's doing the stuff you're passionate about and the people you surround yourself with. That is what life's all about. And so that's stuff that makes me smile. Well, cheers to that. And a huge thanks for, for taking a bit of time today to, you know, spread your story and, you know, share what everyone's up to over at Movember. It's, um, it's just, uh, I, I just feel so, I feel grateful that, that we're able to have this conversation and, and again, spread the conversation to people around the world about re- really important topics that, that we can actually see, like, especially, you know, looping back to the prostate cancer for, for men. I mean, I, I just remember when it all started with, with you guys and now how, how that has literally changed the, the landscape on, on four men. Right. So, like you can see, these are tangible, tangible results. So I'm really pumped that that things are expanding at November for for other great uh, initiatives and, and awareness uh, causes and whatnot. So I guess what I'm trying to get at is a huge thanks uh, on my <laughs> side as well as everyone listening because it's it's such important work. And um, make sure you guys take some time every now and then for yourselves to uh, to to give a modest pat in the back. <laughs> Will do. Well, thanks so much for having me, Mark. Really appreciate it. Have a great day. 